Our top stories this week. Raids on two New York cannabis clubs. Pennsylvania takes a bold step towards legalization. New cannabis records set in two states. All this and more coming up on this week's edition of the Cannabis Weekly Podcast. Welcome to this new episode of the Cannabis Weekly Podcast. Each week we try and bring you the best insight into the business of cannabis in North America and Europe. If you've got any feedback, do let us know. The links to contact us are in the show notes. Two stores raided amid New York crackdown. Our first story this week takes us to New York, where the crackdown on unlicensed cannabis shops is intensifying. Reports have emerged of two Empire Cannabis Club locations being raided by authorities. Empire, one of the city's largest unlicensed cannabis businesses, faced raids at its Chelsea and Lower East Side stores. Owners Lenore and Jonathan Elfand were briefly detained, with Lenore now facing obstruction charges after heading out at authorities for entering without a warrant. Despite the raids, which saw both of the stores' THC-containing products confiscated, both stores were reportedly reopened the next day. According to veteran cannabis reporter and Business of Cannabis New York speaker Jeremy Burke, all eyes will be on what happens next with Empire, which has been one of the most outspoken voices regarding what they see as loopholes in New York cannabis laws. Schumer says passing safe will not be easy. Shifting gears now, we turn our attention to the federal stage. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has issued a cautionary note to his colleagues about the challenges ahead in passing the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act, or SAFE. On Sunday, July the 9th, Schumer published a letter stating that during the upcoming summer work session, the Democrats will continue to work with our Republican colleagues to advance legislation in a range of policy areas including the bipartisan bill to safeguard cannabis banking. As Business of Cannabis reported recently, the bill's already received a hearing in the Senate Banking Committee in May, and his proponents hope it'll be taken up for a vote in the panel this month. Schumer has repeatedly stated that he considers the Safe Banking Act a legislative priority, but has until now stipulated that it must also incorporate legislation to expunge prior cannabis convictions. Cannabis sales in Massachusetts hit record high. The month of June saw record medical and adult-use cannabis sales in Massachusetts, reaching a total of $151.8 million. New data from the Massachusetts Cannabis Control Commission has shown that sales in the state were almost 2.6% higher than May and broke down to $19 million in medical cannabis sales and $132.8 million for adult use. This record high took place against a backdrop of record low prices of flour per gram, coming in at $5.82 in June compared to the price of $14.34 per gram in 2020. The data shows flour was the most popular product in the month of June, closely followed by vapes, pre-rolls and edibles. Additionally, it shows the year-to-date adult-use cannabis retail sales have reached $760 million, while total gross adult use sales in the state since legalizing adult in 2018 have reached $4.74 billion. In other news for North America, 
Maryland sold over $20 million of cannabis products in a week following the inaugural launch of adult-use cannabis sales earlier this month. According to new data published by the Maryland Cannabis Administration, published by the Baltimore Banner, licensed dispensaries brought in revenues of $20.9 million in the first week of July following the launch of adult-use sales on July the 1st. More than half of this, $10.4 million, was made during the opening weekend which coincided with July 4th celebrations, which saw queues of hopeful consumers stretching the length of streets. Now, although Virginia has legalized adult-use cannabis possession and cultivation, it's not yet legalized adult-use cannabis sales. Now, the likelihood it will at any time soon is diminishing. Governor Glenn Youngkins announced he's not interested in legalizing sales for adult use in the state, according to local media. In April 21, Governor of Virginia at the time, Ralph Northam, signed legislation that saw the legalization of home cultivation and possession of cannabis. However, although the bill set out provisions to enable legal adult use cannabis sales from 2024, further action on licensing was needed from lawmakers to enable sales. In February this year, Virginia lawmakers blocked the bill. And since Youngkin came into office, an estimated 70% of the Cannabis Control Authority's budget has been cut. Senate Bill 846 has been introduced in Pennsylvania, which aims to legalize cannabis in a bid to generate tax revenue and create new jobs. The bill, introduced by Senators Dan Lachlan and Sharif Street, addresses safety by setting the minimum cannabis consumption age at 21 years of age. It would also enable law enforcement to adjudicate driving under the influence, would be aiming to eradicate illicit markets, and would implement a ban on cannabis marketing directed toward children. Workplace requirements regarding cannabis use for all those operating in good faith would also be established. June 2023 saw Connecticut and Arkansas hit record highs for its cannabis sales. In Connecticut, medical and recreational cannabis sales hit almost $24 million, and the month also saw adult use sales higher than medical sales. The adult use market saw $12.5 million in cannabis sales following the launch of adult use sales on January the 10th, 2023, and $11.3 million in medical. According to KNWA, Arkansas patients also spent 141 million US dollars in June, a new record for the state. In a statement, Arkansas Department of Finance and Administration spokesperson Scott Hardin stated, "With a sales average of 23.5 million dollars monthly, we should surpass 1 billion dollar in overall sales toward the end of this year." And now Europe's headlines. Pharmaceutical cannabis industry sales are expected to grow by over 20% over the next four years, from 1.14 billion to 1.37 billion by 2027. However, according to Prohibition Partners' upcoming pharmaceutical cannabis report, which Business of Cannabis was given access to ahead of its August release, the current market is still dominated by a single key player. Jazz Pharmaceuticals, which owns the IP for market-leading Epidiolux currently holds an estimated 76% share of the overall market. With a growing number of clinical trials in the works for new cannabis compounds and for new conditions, alongside the expected expiry 
of Jazz Farmer's patents, the market could soon be set to open up. As the report lays out in detail, the staggering costs associated with bringing a medicine through all clinical trial stages before it can get approval from authorities to be fully commercialized remains a huge barrier for market entrance. You can now view the report via pre-order at prohibitionpartners.com with an exclusive 15% pre-sale discount available. Germany's highly anticipated draft law for Pillar 1 of its cannabis legalization plans has been hammered by industry stakeholders and would-be associations. The new proposals published officially for the first time last week have been accused of significant overregulation, which would make it all but impossible for cannabis associations to operate. One would-be cannabis association told Business of Cannabis its plans have now been put on ice following the publication of the draft law, calling the stipulations crazy. Kai Friedrich Niemann, cannabis lawyer and industry expert, said of the draft bill, the basic idea of the so-called Pillar 1 is based exclusively on health aspects, namely the protection of children and young people. This is placed above everything else and leads to a downright health policy alarmism. After months of silence and delays from the Spanish government, the country's health ministers confirmed that proposals for the rollout of a medical cannabis framework will not happen before the elections this month. With the election campaign kicking off in earnest last week, ahead of the July 23rd finale, current polling continues to suggest that the Conservative Popular Party will take power, but needs the help of the far-right Vox Party to secure a working majority. As Business of Cannabis reported last month, this has thrown the future of the long-fought medical cannabis campaign into doubt, leaving it in the hands of whoever takes power. Despite the uncertainty, Antonio Bezanilla, lawyer at Bezanilla, and Renato Abogados, and partner at Agrifarm Projects, believes that while there is considerable work to be done, medicinal cannabis will be regulated in the next legislative term for sure. Australian Stock Exchange listed Little Green Farmer, which is also part of London Stock Exchange listed Seed Innovations investment portfolio, saw its stock jump nearly 20% this week. The stock bump came as LGP, which already supplies medical cannabis oil to the French pilot program, announced that it had won a second call for tenders. LGP will now supply up to 1.6 million US dollars, that's $77 per bottle, of its CBD50 medical cannabis oil to the French pilot program, which is due to end in March 2024. According to the company, LGP remains the largest supplier of the experiment, seeing an estimated 85% of its 3,000 participants trial its products. MGC Pharmaceuticals also saw an uptick in its stock price this week after receiving a second purchase order for its proprietary Artemis C product. On July 7th, MGC announced that AMC Pharma had placed a second $1 million purchase order for 100,000 units of Artemis C. This will consist of a $150,000 immediate down payment, with the remaining $850,000 set to be provided upon completion of production and dispatch of the order, which is expected to be completed by September 2023. MGC and AMC's New Deal forms the latest extension of a long-running partnership between the two companies, which signed a $24 million multi-year market supply and distribution agreement in August of 2021. 
Cellular Goods has issued a long-awaited update to investors regarding its recent acquisition of carbon sequestration company King Tide Carbon. On May 9th, the CBD cosmetics company brand announced that it had closed the acquisition of KTC, satisfied by the issue of 95 million new ordinary shares of 0.001 pounds each in the company. The unlikely acquisition left investors with a number of questions regarding the future direction of the company and whether it signaled plans to move further away from its troubled CBD cosmetics range, which has struggled to gain sales traction since launch. Investors had been assured of an update during the second half of June, but this came in the form of an interview with Proactive Investors and Cellular Goods interim CEO Darcy Taylor. According to Mr. Taylor, the acquisition was part of the company's ambition to widen our lens of opportunity across the biosynthetics production fields. And as always, you can read more about all of this week's top stories at businessofcannabis.com. Cannabis Events We've got a couple of events coming up that we'd like to invite you to. We hope to see you there. First of all, Business of Cannabis New York. It's happening on the October the 4th. And once again, bringing together the most influential businesses, financial institutions and policymakers from across the sector for a packed one-day program, providing best-in-class networking opportunities with key industry figures, sought-after insights and a trusted knowledge hub for the New York cannabis industry. Grab your tickets today and join us on October the 4th in New York. And after a hugely successful event in London recently, tickets are now on sale for Cannabis Europa 2024. Next year will be the 10th instalment of Europe's premier B2B Cannabis Conference and Expo. Tickets are on sale via Eventbrite or easier still, cannabis-europa.com. And of course, as always, we'll have the links to both of these events in the show description. Well, that's it for another episode of the Cannabis Weekly Podcast. And if you've enjoyed this episode or any of our previous episodes, we would love it if you drop us a review in your favorite podcast listening app of choice. We love Apple Podcasts and trust me, it really helps other people make a decision to listen to this show. So we'd love it if you did it. 